0: Left Egypt, he's met a girl, you know, started tending sheep for his for her father. Mary's, his daughter, guy's daughter. He's out in the desert. He's been out there a while. And going along, he sees a bush on fire. And I picture that he's on a trail. You know, he's not just walking around bushes. There's a little bit of a trail, I mean, a passage that people take. And he's, he's walking along for whatever reasons along this. And you know how you kind of look off to the side and you go, huh, bush on fire. He keeps walking, getting on down the road, so to speak looks over again, check on it, seeing, you know, you've got to kind of watch out for stuff when you're out in the desert. Could be snakes, could be scorpions, something or another out there. That bush is still on fire. That bush is on fire, and by now it should have kind of burned down. That bush is still on fire with the same intensity it was when I first noticed it, And somewhere, right in there, comes into his heart and his mind to turn aside and go check this out. That point is the point of change. You and I go along about our business, whatever our business is at any one time, And there comes points in time that you and I can tell our our stories to each other and we change direction because of something that God is doing. And our whole life kind of changes from it. Something causes us to, to make that move and when we do, things are different from then on. And you go back and you tell your story and it always goes back to the time that you were walking, walking on that trail. You saw this bush on fire. You decide you'd go check it out. As soon as you did, God starts talking to you. In his case, Moses, you know, I don't know how close he got to the bush from off the trail, but it was somewhere between the trail and the bush that God says, excuse me, take off your sandals. Take off your man-made footwear. I need your bare feet on the ground because you're standing on holy ground. You're on holy ground. Who are you, Lord? Talking from the bush that doesn't That burns but doesn't get consumed. Well, I'm the Lord God. I've seen the suffering of my people in Egypt, and I'm sending you to fix it. Moses says, I'm not a very good speaker. That's okay. You got a brother named Aaron. He's good at talking to people. I'll send him along with you. He can be the spokesperson for you. Well, how, when I tell them who sent me, what do I say? Tell them the Lord God sent you. Well, well, it it, it won't, they won't, it won't get their attention. Well, yeah. What you holding in your hand? A staff, throw it on the ground. Throws it on the ground. The wooden staff turns into a snake. Pick it up by the tail. The non-active end. I mean, the end that can get you in trouble because the other end will bite you. You know, he could have said, "Well, grab it behind the back of the head." You know, no, no, grab it by the tail. Wow, hmm, Got a little bit of testing going on there. He grabs the tail of the snake and it turns back into a staff. Take your hand, stick your hand inside your clothes for a minute, okay take your hand out. His hands got leprosy. I mean you don't lepro- they knew what leprosy looks like. it was looking bad immediately. maybe you already got a joint falling off on the ground or something you know it was looking bad. <laughs> stick... Stick your hand back inside your clothes. Stick your hands back inside your clothes. Take your hand out. Hand's perfectly fine. When you go to them, show them these things. And then you know how that story goes. Turn with me to the book of Acts, New American Standard, chapter 2. We all know this is about Pentecost, but I'm not going there because it's about Pentecost. I'm going there because it's about God showing up. Maybe Acts chapter 2, verse 4. You know, we, we just had the Pentecost experience. They're all in the upper room. Suddenly wind starts blowing in the room. They see flame individual flames in the air, or maybe giant, maybe it's one big- fl- I don't know, I don't know how God put on a really good show. You know, was it a giant flaming thing overhead, and then it broke off into little flames and came into the down on the head of each one of them and then went into them. I it was a show. It was a spectacular thing. chapter two verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to, be, to speak with other tongues as the Spirit had given them utterance. And then note in verse 5, and there were Jews living in Jerusalem because they'd come to town for, this, uh, uh, for Pentecost, and uh, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the crowd came together and they were bewildered you would be, right? Just like one man out in the desert with a burning bush talking to you. There was a bunch of people bewildered, filling the streets out there, heard all the sound, showed up with this commotion. They were amazed, saying, Verse 7, aren't these all like who these people are speaking? Aren't they Galileans? We can tell by their accent. They're from Galilee. They're dressed like that. They had the you know, kind of manners. You got all these different people from what, like 17, 18, a lot of different places. And they hear people, verse 11, they hear them in their own tongue speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Now, they know they're from Galilee. They don't, know, they don't get around much. You, don't, you might expect one or two of them that could speak a little something else, but most of them all talk with that accent of a Galilean accent, where that's from. I mean, they, they, they knew that. And yet, they were speaking in the language that they could understand what they were saying from their own country. They were speaking of the mighty deeds of God. Verse 12, and they were all continued in amazement. They were perplexed by this, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? And then Peter's going to say, they were starting to make fun of them. Some of them are saying, well, they're just drunk. And he says, they're not drunk as you suppose. It's 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Verse 16. It shall be in the last days, God says, and I'll pour forth of my spirit on all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my bond slaves, both men and women... I will in those days pour forth of my spirit. spirit, And there will be more stuff that goes on. You know, a lot of times we kind of stop there. I don't know. And I will grant wonders in the sky and signs on the earth below, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke, and the sun will be turned into darkness and the moon will into blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord shall come. And it shall be that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And he goes on and starts preaching about Jesus. A man attested to you by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst. Just as you yourselves know, this man delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death, since it was impossible for him to be held in His power. And Then he quotes King David. It goes on. It says we're all witnesses, down in verse thirty-two. Therefore God, in verse 33, therefore having been exalted the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth that which you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself. The Lord said to my Lord, God the Father saying to Jesus, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. He's still in that same spot right this moment. God the Father is going on with his plans. Jesus isn't sitting in the seat of honor. God is carrying out stuff. Until he, however they they do that in front of heaven, I don't know, you and I might not be there to see them do this, but the Father's going to say to him, it's time to get them the return of the king it goes on down with Peter's talking verse 36 therefore let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Messiah Christ in the Greek Messiah in the Jewish this Jesus this Yeshua whom you crucified verse 37 now when they heard this they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and to the rest of the apostles brethren what shall we do and Peter said to them repent turn Each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, your children, and all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. And and with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved. Or escape from this perverse generation. They had problems in their time too. And you know, 3,000 were added right there. I don't pride myself in looking for burning bushes. But my personality, I'm kind of ADD. I don't know what it is. I notice things. Sometimes. Sometimes it turns into deliverance. I just know, you know talking to somebody, and we're just having a conversation, and then they just mention a sentence that doesn't fit. And some little switch inside of me goes, Did you hear that? Yeah? And the Lord says, Pay attention. And then sometimes it turns into just a real, they had a critter or more than one and deliverance needed to take place and God was just choosing to do it it wasn't like we set a special meeting up it was just somewhere you know used to be in my garage happened in in my front yard every every so often we usually took it inside because the mosquitoes were out there stuff sometimes at church you know you just don't know there is the Holy Spirit within you that know him Just a little something that goes off that the Spirit's saying, pay attention to this. I want you involved in this next thing. So Ron's been declaring stuff that was good. So let me tell you a couple of things. And then maybe together we can figure out what's next. Or at least we're looking. We've kind of been on a just see us as being on a trail and there's a, something's happened and we've noticed it. So on my wife as you know does biblical counseling next door in her office that she took away from me. Well she just says, you're always a nomad moving around the building. I could use this space. Can I just have this space for my office? Bill? Well, I guess so. <laughs> she now has that over there. So one of, her, one of her clients, who knows me loosely a little bit, knows a little bit about the church, but is not really involved directly with the church, has a dream. This dream was on March 25th. So in the dream, she sends it me a copy of it, or tells my wife and then tells me, and I said, would you send me a copy of that? She wrote it all out. But some of it is her parts of stuff that's going on with her too. But the, but the essence of it was that an outpouring was taking place in these buildings. And the space was larger than the spaces that we have now in these two buildings. And people were coming and going. Spirit was moving mightily, she said. People from all walks of life were coming. There was kind of a regular back and forth coming through the front door. She, God felt, like, she felt like that her job was to kind of help administrate stuff. So she'd set up a table out there in the hall to kind of, help things move along okay interesting so 40 days pass not counting that day of march the 25th but 40 days she doesn't have another dream about the church and on may the 5th she has a second dream now, this is slightly unnerving her because, well, you know, I mean, it unnerves you sometimes when God says stuff. This time, uh, I was teaching up front in the building. There's a crowd of people coming, a crowd of people standing outside. And anointing, again, is greatly in the room with people in the room, plus this coming and going, this trafficking of of people, a traffic of people coming. So this one was on May the 5th. Teaching and ministry. So, you know, like it says about Mary, when the, when the, when the shepherds come and they tell about the angels that they've seen and it says Mary, she, you know, she hid this stuff in her heart about what, And then pretty soon you got the wise men showing up with gifts and that they've seen his star and you know, it's a pretty pretty heady, different, strange stuff going on going on with Mary and Joseph. You know, and then tells them to get up, leave town right now in the middle of the night, and I want you to go down to Egypt. Because the king is seeking the child. And they do. You know how the story plays out. And then God says, you can go back. Talks to Joseph every time in a dream. Tells him in a dream, not face to face, but in dreams he directs him. He ended up settling in Galilee. So, a second person who frequents the church every now and then, but it's been a while since they've been here. And she and I have not talked in a while. And uh, she calls up Patsy and says, I had a dream about the church. So she gives, we we make a back and forth text about what time she's going to call me. And so she calls me and I've got a notepad. Now on this one it's a more cryptic kind of talk going on we're we're talking about all different things and then pieces of the dream is not just sentences of the dream she had a dream on august the second so now i don't know how many days that is oh i wrote it down I, i just wanted to see how many days was it from the second dream of the first person to the second person having a dream 89 days passed between the two I don't know if, the, if days mean anything. I'm just, just trying to collect there. I'm like the guy looking at the bush out there that's on fire that's not burned up. I'm just going, this is kind of odd. She says that uh, there was a canopy set up outside so people would be out of the weather. And there's a meeting going on and it's in this building. And this building is full of people, and there's an outpouring of the Spirit going on in this building. So her dream is from August the second. So I'm agreeing with the the guys in Acts two twelve. What does this mean? How do we What do we do? got two witnesses the first one's had two dreams 40 days apart but all three of these dreams have the same theme going on in it so the first thing that comes to mind is well maybe we just need to start actively Inviting the Holy Spirit to come and just wait for a few minutes. Because it sounds like. One of these days. Nights. Something. Sometime. That. God's going to show up. At a level that we've not seen in a long time. Maybe never at a level like this. So him giving You declarations is not surprising there's a bush on fire and it's not burned up so should we leave it there with our friends with a, online and then some of us talk would that be good In case we like wander way out and Mm -hmm. past the ditch and over into the next road. I don't know. (laughs) So I gave you enough information that you can play with that. And some of y'all that see this, if you end up having a dream, please let us know. (laughs) Be blessed. blessed. Thank you, Kyle.